We are all born with a purpose, yet identifying what that is can be very challenging. It can be even more challenging to find purpose in your business. So, is it possible to find purpose in your business and make profit at the same time? Not only is it possible, but a business led by purpose can be even more profitable than one that is simply led by profit. Join Robert Fukui as he explores how to be purpose-led and profitable while making a positive impact in your community. Good morning. This is Robert Fukui, your host of the Purpose and Profitability Podcast, where we believe that having a profitable, purpose-led business can lead to community transformation. And good Monday morning. Hope you had a, a great weekend. Um, I certainly did. It was nice and relaxing. I even had somebody comment to me the other night that I looked relaxed. <laughs> so that was a good sign. Um, so welcome uh, this Monday morning. And I'm I'm going solo today because uh, Eric's on a, on a video shoot or a photo shoot. But um, I'm really excited about talking about this this topic today about setting your BHAG for your business. So if, uh, for those of you that have come from a corporate background like myself, um, you've heard of the term BHAG, which is an acronym for Big, Hairy, Audacious Goals. So a lot of times at the beginning of the year, as you're setting up our business plan for the, for the upcoming year, we have our SMART goals, if you've heard of that acronym, uh, Specific, Measurable, Action-Oriented, Realistic, and Time-Bound Goals. Um, we set those goals, but then also at the end, we will set big, hairy, audacious goals. We'll set BHAG goals. And what are, what are BHAG goals for those of you that don't, have never heard that term? Basically, they're stretch goals. I mean, if you just kind of heard the definition of that acronym that I just shared, big, hairy, audacious goals. They're those stretch goals. They're basic goals that are kind of borderline unrealistic, to tell you the truth. Um, and so you set those stretch goals uh, to really challenge yourself and, or to challenge us, especially when we're in the, you know, I was in the corporate environment. So even now as a business owner and even as, we're, as I'm consulting with clients, we always set these BHAG goals as well. Is what are those borderline unrealistic. So anytime I ask a client about what their goals are for sales and profits and et cetera for their business, and they state their goals and I'll say, okay, how about we go for this? And then, you know, it gets kind of quiet in the room a lot of times, but say, so look, um, we got to challenge ourselves because a lot of times when you set those smart goals, I think a lot of more people have heard of probably a smart goals than they've heard of BHAG goals. Um, they set those, they make it realistic. You know, the R in smart is about realistic. And it's, and so sometimes uh, if it's too realistic um, or too easily attainable, um, you kind of you don't put forth your best effort. So number one is those BHAG goals, those stretch goals, are those things that are borderline unrealistic. But at the same time, they have to be realistic enough. Otherwise, you won't even try. So the BHAG goal can't be so outrageous that it's just laughable and you don't even try. Um, but it's got to be something that is definitely going to stretch you and make you think. Right, and really challenge you. And so for those of you that have played sports or just follow sports, you've heard the term, you know, playing down to your competition. And that's when you have like the number one team in the league playing the last place team in the league and the last place team upsets them and beats them, right? Why is that? Well, you usually hear this term as playing down to the competition because a lot of times when you know your, your, your talents, your skill level is so much more superior than your, your competitor, a lot of times you're just not, you're just heads just not in a game. You figure you can just show up. So you're not putting in the type of preparation or the practice time that you normally would if you're playing another high level team. And during the game, you're just not really in it. You just kind of go in and show up. And the next thing you know, you're down by, you know, 20, 30 points if you're playing basketball or, you know, three field goals or you're playing football. 
and now it kind of wakes you up and now you got to you got to figure out how to how to win but then by that time it's it's too late and so setting those kind of easy more attainable goals are kind of the same thing as playing down here to competition is that it, it's too attainable you can just kind of walk you know just kind of just kind of uh, do the motions and you reach your goals uh, so that doesn't really challenge you and so you really need to set those BHAG goals that really challenges you to kind of get your head in the game, to really get you sharp, to think, okay, how do we do this? You know, here's a, here's a BHAG goal. Uh, let's say instead of typically maybe your sales in a given year is $5 million a year. And so you set a, uh, a smart goal of achieving, you know, 5% increase or 7% increase versus how about going for a 15% increase, right? And so and you, if you look back at your past history and you've never had any more than a 10% increase over the last three, four years, that's going to challenge you. Okay, how do we do that, right? Five, 7% more realistic. Well, how about the 15%? So it's not so far out of reach that it can't be attainable. So you think about now you just have to, but now you have to really be sharp and challenge yourself to be creative about how you're going to get to that next level of that sales goals. So those BHAGs are very important because whether your goals are low or high, there's no guarantee you're going to reach either anyway, just like what I talked about playing down your competition. So if you set those easily attainable goals, you may not even reach that just because your head's not in the game. You're not sharp. You're not trying to be creative. You're not trying to really push, push things as far as your performance. But the higher you reach, the higher you're going to get, right? It's like reach for the stars, and even if you fail, you're going to be a lot higher than if you didn't even try. So set those BHAG goals, and even if you don't reach them, you're going to be a lot further along than if you just set those kind of realistic, attainable goals. So what are some examples of BHAGs? And, you know, usually they're always around sales, uh, sales and profits, marketing, so forth. So it can be sales-related, you know, profit-related, you know, increasing those profit goals, or growth and expansion related. And so, you know, let's just say for the, like the, the example I just gave, the, the sales related goals where you're trying to attain a 15% increase versus the typical 5 to 7% increase. So how are you going to do that? So now you have to really kind of dig deep and get creative about how you're going to reach a, a sales goal that you haven't been able to achieve over the last three to four years or even longer. So the first thing to do is kind of walk through the steps in marketing, basically, when you're creating a marketing plan. So you understand if you're B2B or B2C, meaning business to, if you do business to business or business to customer, uh, so who's your target market, basically. And identify who your target market is. And also identify your priorities because there's some business like clients I have that sell both wholesale and retail. So they do both B2B sales as well as B2C. And so it's important to understand what are your priorities is, which what is a driver? Are you a wholesale business first or a retail business first? So you understand where you put your priorities and where you put most of your time and effort and money into. Because based on your, if your priorities are right, then one thing is going to drive the other part of the sales, right? So if you're, if you're more focused on B2B, because the more, the better you do on your wholesale side of your business, the better your retail side of the business does or vice versa. And then think about strategic alliances, you know, really get smart about, you know, when it comes to marketing, you got to be as smart as possible with every marketing dollar. So strategic alliances are a great way because it's not about putting out a lot of money in marketing for the potential of getting sales. But a lot of times in strategic alliances, there's basically, it's almost like a guarantee. You're almost paying for performance. You pay when there's actually a sale that comes in from say a sales broker uh, or a business broker. Or if you're doing strategic alliances, um, like 
you know, like the, the Microsoft and um, Microsoft and a lot of PCs where the you know, Internet Explorer is already already in a PC or they're also selling uh, Microsoft Office packages right at the point of sale. Um, or like the Disney and McDonald's that have for years, every time a Disney came out with a new flick, they put their action figures right in the Happy Meals and they're sharing costs and advertising to promote the McDonald's Happy Meals as well as Disney also promotes their the sale of their um, uh, the movies as well. But they go into these strategic alliances because they're reaching the same target market. They don't even they don't have the same product, not even the same industry, but yet they reach the same target market. So then they go into these alliances to try and leverage each other's uh, networks and ability to penetrate the same target market. Uh, if you're like a if you're a retailer that needs significant sales volume on a day to day, like restaurants or other or retailers, like I said, um, you might just need a step of your game in promotion to do more advertising and promotion, whether it's in a local level or regional level or otherwise, depending on the type of business that you have and the type of reach. So if it's a restaurant, you have a single a single restaurant, then you just really need to rely on just getting the the local audience. Versus certain retailers, you might have to reach a little bit more further out, more regionally, maybe you know, 10, 15, 20 miles uh, out, depending on what you're selling. Uh, car dealerships, you might go, it might be a further reach than, say, um, just a, a local like a convenience store, right? It's where that might be a little bit more localized. So, understanding what kind of business you are and what kind of reach you need to get, and then just step up the game and do a lot more promotion and advertising, but be smart about it. So knowing your target market and hire professionals to really develop your ads and promotions. A lot of times when, uh, when you see these businesses try to do everything on their own, try to develop their own ads and even doing some of their own social media marketing and all that, um, it just doesn't work very well because that's not something they do day to day, but because they want to save a buck. So sometimes it's about, you know, marketing is really an investment. You're supposed to get a return on your, on your marketing dollars. And so if you're going to do that, if you're going to go into spending any kind of money in marketing, it's definitely more advantageous to hire a professional, <laughs> to, to, to hire people that do this on a day-to-day basis and also done it for other businesses just like yours. And so they can copy the similar blueprint of what works for a business like yours because they've already done it. They know how to do it. They know right what kind of message to do, uh, what kind of target market to focus on when they're doing any kind of social media marketing or even advertising, uh, even if they're just going to do some some mailers in the in the local area. Um, just even even just that, just knowing how to design the pieces, what kind of taglines and headers to to use. You know, what are some of that that copy that really stands out that'll grab people's attention. You know, those things, those are those are things that these professionals do all the time. And even for, like I said, for a business like yours. And so when I hire them, because you have a lot better chance of getting better outcomes and getting a better return on your marketing dollars than if you try to do it on your own. Um, it just just doesn't tend to work. It just doesn't look good when, um, uh, anyways, just, I, I can go on and on about this, but basically if you're going to spend any kind of money in marketing, definitely consult with somebody. Uh, even if you do the work yourself, at least consult with an advertiser, a promote, uh, uh, an advertiser, promoter, or a marketer that have done this uh, time and again to at least get best practice tips um, so you know how to develop the material and, and how to go about using it. And then there's the profit-related goals. You know, you have to go from making only, you know, your net income or your net profit was only 5% of sales last year. How do we get it to 7 to 10% to even a healthier 15% of sales? 
And so those are great goals to have because sales is, is great, but you can have a, a lot, you can have an increase in sales volume without an increase in profitability. And I, and I see it happen all the time. And so if you're going to have sales goals, make sure you have those profit goals. And so, you know, what, what are those margins you want to make your net after you pay all, all your expenses, cost of goods and your, and your salaries and you're killing yourself, your salaries and wages, what kind of profit margin do you want to have left over? What, what is that net profit left over? Um, want to have that, you know, 10 to 15% of sales should be left over. And so how do you do that? How do you, how do you get to a much more healthier margins? So since we already talked about sales goals, now we're talking about profit goals. So in order to get the healthy margins that you need to be able to reinvest into the things that your business needs, like maybe hiring more employees or even or buying more software or hardware or things that can make your business more efficient, um, one of the things you might have to do is just raise your prices. And so there's a lot of businesses out there that have not raised their prices in a, in a long period of time, two to three years at, at least. Um, and some are just underpriced anyway. So you might look, look for areas to raise prices. I've had, uh, I've done two of these podcasts and talking about pricing, value-based pricing. So, so you might want to look back in on one of those previous episodes, but raising prices is one of the fastest ways to increase profits because you're not increasing, you're not trying to add more customers. Um, you're not increasing costs. You're just raising the prices. And then also another way to increase your margins is finding areas in your labor to be more efficient. If you're having a staff that maybe you're just not efficient in the labor and production uh, of what's going on in your restaurant or your retailer or um, your mechanic shop or, I mean, you name it, maybe you're just not being as efficient as you could be. So finding areas to increase efficiencies so that you can actually bring on more customers without having to hire more people. And one of those ways of creating more efficiencies too is maybe even to hire more administrative staff so you can take a lot of the busy work off yourself, number one, as well as maybe your salespeople or maybe other people that are in a production facility or, or whatever. But a lot of the, the, the staff that you have that are doing direct service for your customers, a lot of times they get bogged down by administrative work. And so maybe hire an administrator or two to take some of that load off so that increases the capacity for your your staff that as is being productive as bringing in sales or those doing work for your customer or producing products for your customers. So those are some areas to increase your efficiencies and labor side, and that will increase your margins as well. So it's not just about raising prices to increase margins, but it's also to look for areas to increase efficiencies so that you can do more work and more sales work with the same amount of staff. And that, that decreases your your um, cost um, your cost per unit per se to your customer. So those are some areas in you know where you can look to increase your your margins in the profit area. And then there's the growth and expansion um, goals that I think every business should think this along the same line. Is what if I were to open up a second location, or third, or fourth, or fifth, or, or twenty locations? What would need to happen? Right, and if you're thinking about, man, I can barely handle this this one business already. How am I going to be able to handle a second and a third? So this is a great question. I think every business needs to think like this. Is basically think like a franchise, a franchisee, or a franchiser. I guess think of yourself as the corporation that's gonna that's gonna create franchise uh, locations, and for them to be able to do that, they have to create systems and SOPs for other franchisees or even if it's not a franchise system, but even if it's all corporately owned locations, you're going to have a general manager in each location to rent it because you as the owner, you just can't rent 
everything, right? You're already at capacity to just to handle the one location. How are you going to handle multiple locations? And the way you have to do that is to build systems in place and, and SOPs. And that goes back to, and that, that'll increase your efficiencies, which goes back to the, the earlier point about looking for areas to increase your profit margins by being more efficient in the labor area. Well, these systems and SOPs also helps answer those questions. Because once you have systems in place, then there's less um, kind of busy work that you need to do, you need to have to oversee and manage. And then you can also create, start to develop other leaders that can deliver and train and manage based on these systems. And so that's the other point about growth and expansion. The systems and SLPs is one thing, but developing other leaders to be able to manage and lead other locations uh, is going to be very important as well. So look at your staff and start to develop leaders within the staff. And so why do I say that every business should look at this? Because not every business is going to look to expand to multiple locations, and that's okay too. But if you think in these terms as though you are going to franchise out or you are going to open up other locations, you're just going to create a more productive and more efficient business in general, basically. And also when you're looking to continually develop leaders, um, that means you're going to have people in place so that you can go on vacation, <laughs> longer vacations, um, not just for a week or squeeze, or squeeze out some long weekends, but for a month at a time or two months at a time. Look, you've, you've worked hard building this business, so you deserve the time off with your family and just relax and have a great time and recharge and come back to the business and grow the business. But you have to build up leaders. I know there's one uh, restaurant in town that um, – when they obviously don't have leaders in place to, to uh, operate it when they're gone because they do a family vacation every year. So basically they're closed for the month. And so the restaurant's closed. And so they're, they're losing out on a month's worth of income because they don't have people in place that obviously they don't trust to run the business while they're gone. So that goes to the last point about growth and expansion. You know, when you develop leaders is one thing, but you, at the end of the day, you're going to have to trust them to do it. And so that's why building them up now and giving them more and more responsibility as they are proven, that'll help you build your own trust in them and in them in themselves. And so um, sales, so creating your BHAG goals and say, how do we get achieved that, that extra uh, 10 to 15% growth in sales that we've never really achieved? Well, when you look at sales, you look at profits and you think about yourself as growing and expanding. And when you address all these issues within a business, you're naturally going to have better outcomes on the sales end, but also more importantly on the profit end. Because like I said, even that sales goes up doesn't necessarily mean that profits will. I've seen, I've seen um, businesses actually uh, run themselves out of business by having too much business because they didn't have some of the underlying issues or the foundational issues that can help them, number one, be profitable, even with the increase in sales, and then having the team and the leadership in place to be able to take on all that capacity, additional capacity. So anyways, I hope this is helpful for you as far as BHAGs, you know, really get out there and, and really stretch yourself, really um, seek to take your business to the next level. And whatever the goals you have for, for this year, or even for the remainder of this year, get that stretch goal and then ask yourself how are we going to get there and really look back in your business and figure out different ways to, to be more creative and, and really invest into increasing the sales, be more productive to increase the profitability as you're increasing sales and also developing those leaders and systems and SOPs in place so that you can have just a more better and more productive and efficient business. 
And so thank you everyone for listening in. I hope you have a great Monday and a great productive rest of the week. Um, if you have any other business or questions or topics you'd like to hear more about, email me at prosper at i61businessdevelopment.com. That's prosper at the letter I, the number 61, businessdevelopment.com or grow the Facebook page, Purpose and Profitability. And then tune in again next week as we go live once again. So thank you again for listening. This is Robert Fukui. Remember, purpose plus profit equals transformation. God bless. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. For more information, please visit purposeandprofit.com.